Hey everybody, this is Issa Cosette, and you are listening to Issa's Way, your favorite podcast that you didn't know existed, you didn't know you needed, but we're so glad you're here. And this week, we got a very special guest, Samata Elmi, coming live from Somalia, like expansion. We got the nomad, like poet, PhD candidate, you know, a learner of life. And I'm just so excited to be a part of community with you and meeting you in Obsidian and getting to know your work, especially your recent publication that came out with Flip Eyed Publishing, Portrait of Colossus. So tell the people just a little bit about yourself. The way you introduced the podcast, your favorite podcast you didn't know you needed. That was my favorite workshop residential I didn't know I needed. You know, it was, uh, it was very special. So big up all the all the obsidian people all over the world and the ones to come, you know what I mean? May it long live. So who's Samatar? Samatar is a, is a nomad, definitely, a global citizen and, and, and someone who's just very passionate about, about community and, 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 you know, collective growth, um, collective development, whether that be uh, in, in a creative sense, whether that be in a social sense, a cultural sense, a political sense, just moving forward together, you know, particularly in these times when we're just faced with so many challenges. I'm reminded so much of that being here at the moment, you know, back back to where, uh, you know, for my for my family, there's a lot of a lot of roots here, um, you know, so much work to be done, really, um, and and yeah, just. Blessed to be a poet, blessed to be, um, I keep repeating this, this uh, phrase, uh, an, an intimate observer, you know, an in, intimate outsider, you know, just kind of occupying that space in society where you can, you can take a step back and, and observe and, 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 and record and interpret and, you know, try to make sense and try to articulate a way of looking at the world and a way of looking at people and how we interact and how we engage. I feel so strongly that our role as poets is, is so much more than just writing, um, you know, lovely words on a page and, you know, to, you know, it's, it's, we have a, a huge role. And I think particularly as we, as we move into these next few years of, of, of kind of global challenge and uncertainty, the, the role of the poet is going to become far more important, I think, you know. That is so beautifully said. And I agree with you as we, you know, step into these roles and we have spaces that are pouring into us. Like you have participated in many workshops, like the Young Inscribed Mentoring Program with PayPal press you know not only just obsidian um the complete works right you have many things that have shaped you as a writer and that helps us observe right not only our cultures mm -hmm. but the places that make us and i think that is important in observing and the fact that now you're back at home and looking at your work you know how to tap into this duality of both being and understanding and that transformation so i wanted to know like which Somali traditions do you strive in the most in your poetry? Culture and tradition is something that people think should be, you know, concrete and, and, and unchanging and unbending. And it's not, it's, it's, it's an evolutionary thing, you know, 
And um, I think for me, again, I, you know, I'll come back to this idea of being this intimate outsider. Like, you know, I'll never be, I'll never be fully Somali in the same way that I'll never be fully British. And for, for, for the longest time, that was a massive um, existential crisis, really, you know. You know, right? And, and, and now, I think I've had a bit of an epiphany over the last few years where I've come to realize that like, hang on a minute, like this, is, this, isn't, this isn't an existential crisis. This is, this is an opportunity for dialectics, right? This is an opportunity for synthesis. This is an opportunity for taking that, the, the, you know, the intimate perspective that we've got and saying like, what traditions do we, do we keep, do we foster? How do we evolve them? How do we grow? How do they grow within us? How do we grow them um, you know, as part of our activities and part of our communion uh, with, with, well, with other people who, who, who value that tradition? And you know, I, for me, any, any, any culture, you know, and, I, and I have these two cultures that I'm very intimately involved in, the Somali one and, and, and the British one, anything within those cultures that have traditions of intolerance or, um, you know, uh, that don't foster inclusivity, you know, that have tendencies towards negativity and stereotyping and, 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 and other isms, they need to be thrown out. You know, there's no, there's no need for deference, you know, and, and, you know, so for me, traditions that heavy concept because we're supposed to defer to tradition. No, like tradition belongs to us to shape, you know. And this is what I, I come back to this whole thing about being, you know, the, the poet as being, you know, a, a, a very an active agent in the creation of, 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 of tradition and culture and form, you know, for our time and for the times to come. Um, but the things that I do want to preserve and the things that I do want to celebrate are those traditions that foster um, community, you know, the traditions that foster um, charity, that foster, um, uh, you know, internal introspection and depth and spiritual reflection and growth. And, you know, the Somali culture has got so many things like that, which are just amazing, you know, really amazing. Yeah. Um, you know, so there's one that I always come back to is, is an, an ancient tradition of ours called uh, Qaran. Qaran is a, a social security mechanism, really, that has existed for millennia among the, the Somali tribal society, whereby if you today in Puerto Rico, you know, God forbid, have, you know, are faced with a challenge, where you need money, you know, for medical bills or to fly somewhere, then your tribal fellows will chip in from all over the world. So I might never have met you, but we're from the same tribe. I'm in Cardiff, you're in Puerto Rico. I'm going to get a call from the, the regional tribal head in the UK is going to say, yo, Sam, um, you need to drop 50 pounds into this account. Like it's social, it's, it's the social security system. It's, we pay that insurance. We've done it for millennia, you know. So there's things like that that, for me, you know, epitomize 
how tribal societies, particularly in these semi-arid desert conditions where you are subject to, you know, very quick changes of climate and environment, and, you know, you can't survive on your own. You need to band together. And they've found these, you know, these, these ancient mechanisms for doing that, reinforce the idea that we're stronger together. Um, and, and I love that. I love that. I celebrate all of that, really. The tribes, our ancestors, all of these things that shape and build and mold us to continue that tradition and to also be able to, like you said, know what we want to um, hold on to and what we can say, okay, I, this cannot apply. I would not like to continue certain traumas or certain generational curses, for example. Let's tap into the mm -hmm. light. Let's tap into those goods. Let's let's help build and develop. And, you know, with the community building, especially what you're doing out there right now um, with agriculture, you were talking about helping building roads. That's very important, right, back at home because things that we learn and and shape us while we are outside of our motherlands. You know, we can come back whenever we have the opportunities to share that information. And so I wanna see how do you approach parenting, you know, and fatherhood in your poetry. If you, if you, if you look at um, where we are at the moment in terms of a diaspora community, um, we have a, like an intergenerational communication uh, crisis, you know, where, like the generation of first generation immigrants are, you know, our parents, and in some cases, our grandparents, you know, their grasp of English, not just the language, but the mind frame, the, the, the cultural set of, of norms is, is inaccessible in, a, in an intimate fashion, right? And then with us, the, the inverse is the case whereby the intergenerational, yeah, sorry, the, yeah, you know, we, we, the Somali thing for us is like, okay, I might be able to speak the language, but I never, I can't understand how they process things in, in, in the, in the mental, you know what I'm saying, right? It's, 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 it's deep. Like my, my Somali language is, 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 is good considering, right? That I'm, I've, I've been here like all together, like maybe five months of my life, born in the UK, everything. And, and I'm just stunned at the way they process things. It's just a different way of thinking, you know? So when you've got that, that kind of a dynamic in the home between, you know, mother of and father and, and, and child, you know, it's created a bunch of tensions, you know, where, you know, and, 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 and usually the expectation gap emerges as the child gets older. You know, so parents have this expectation. They feel like they're, they're, they're raising their child to be a certain kind of way, right? You know what I'm saying, right? And, and that like, you know, okay, yeah, okay, well, I've, I've raised this child in the West and everything, but they're not going to be Western because like, how would they be Western? Like, I'm, 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 I'm Somali, you know, the old man Somali, like, you know, like they're just going to be Somali kids and, and it, it just, it's impossible, you know, and... I'm someone who really tried, you know, I tried hard, like to be Somali, like, you know, and, and it's just never possible, you know? So there's this, but like, instead of that being a negative, you've got to look at the positive. So in my case now, like my, my you know, my kids are all born in the UK and I, I tried to re remove myself out of the picture in terms of expectations, you know? I relinquish as much control 
as possible, right? Because it's their life. Like all I can do is try to provide, you know, comfort, support, and, and, and establish them as individuals. Most important thing to me is I want them to be self-confident, self-aware, have self-esteem, have self-love, have respect for others, respect for the earth, you know what I mean? Respect for themselves, right? And that's, that's it, like the culture thing, so that they can explore, you know, and recognizing that your life is these questions you're gonna explore. I can't explore that shit for you, but yo, there's these, these big things on the horizon for you at some point, yeah? And you'll figure that out, you know, you know you'll figure that out. You know, our parents' experiences do that for us. And then our experiences were able to do that for our children. And there, and like you said, that continued that intergenerational knowledge, that continuation of culture and, you know, how we see the world, how we, you know, connect with the world will be passed on because there's ways and stories and um, skills that you have that have been passed down through your ancestors um, and mm. that evolve with each generation. How has the pandemic, you know, evolved you as an educator, as a nomad, as a writer? One of the um, consequences, I think, of being uh, a, a living in a community that escaped a very brutal war um, is that, you know, and I've, I've only, it's only recently dawned on me because ever since I was about 12, 13 years old, I've been... I've been sure that awful things are gonna happen at a global level in my lifetime. And like, you know, just more than intuition because it's, it's led me down, you know, to, uh, you know, a, a certain interpretation of history, of politics, of society, of everything. And there's enough, you know, to, to go on there that, that would suggest that the trajectory is one that doesn't look very, you know, favorable. Um, but I've just been wondering, wondering, like, where's that come from? You know, why am I so like doom and gloom? And, you know, and it's, it's, it's really had an impact on so many decisions I've made in my life. You know, just this sense that, oh, well, it's all going to go to like shit soon anyway. Right. And, and it's, and it had such a massive impact on my psyche. Um, and then the pandemic hit and like, like, okay, it's, it's awful, it's beyond awful, right? But the thing that struck, stuck out for me is what Solzhenitsyn calls the indomitability of the human spirit. You can't, you can't keep us down, you know? So my whole perspective has shifted in the sense that, like, I ain't good, I'm never, gonna be a doom and gloom merchant again in my life. Like I will like do everything I can within my power, within my, in my sphere of direct influence, however minute that might be to do something worthwhile and to do something positive. And that's all that I have to do on this earth. You know, like that's, that's my one responsibility is where I can, do what I can, you know, and leave all that other shit because like, you know, people will find a way when put under the massive strain, you know, that this pandemic has done, people will find a way to find a way, you know, 
And and I, I've just it's just been it's been amazing actually. And I figured out really where where it came from. It came from you know everyone around me when they were younger than I was, like, you know, all my extended family, they were planning to go to uni, just started a new job. Some of them were just starting a family. Some were just building a house and then boom, civil war kicks off and, and it's over, you know? And the psychological impact of that is beyond what I'm able to fathom, you know? But the impact, like I inherited that sense of the impermanence of things. You know, and this pandemic has given me, it's deep in it, right? Uh, but this pandemic, which should have been the confirmation, really, uh, it's all going to go to shit. You know, Trump land, Boris fucking Johnson, right? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah, exactly, right? You know, it's like, yo, it's all over. Like, and then this pandemic, and actually what it's done is it's filled me with an incredible sense of hope massive drive to just work my ass off you know what i mean and with what i have the gifts the, the unbelievable gifts that i'm so blessed to have one of which is a passport that i can travel with you know health um uh, you know a an extended family good friends work i'm not hungry you know what i mean I've, I've never one day in my life been hungry you get what i mean like i, I sleep in a bed except for when I choose to sleep on the floor. You know what I mean? Like, I, yo, it's like, I'm, I'm so blessed. And like, I don't know, like, I, you know, depression is something that I think strikes us all. It's struck us all a lot recently. Um, for those that have it, it's got worse. For those that didn't have it, they've, I think a lot of people kind of know what we're talking about now. You know what I mean? We're shit can look a little bit fucking bleak. <laughs> but like, yo, the pandemic's given me a lot of hope, man. A lot of hope. You just preached a whole word to like my soul. I'm over here just like, I receive it, Lord. I claim it because not only just to Absolutely. be able to have the hope to do more, but also to give our bodies the chance to be able to rest, to heal all of that so that we can teach the ones to come to be able to have that balance. Because as we grind, mm. we also have to heal and rest so that we can have more strength and energy and momentum to keep moving forward, you know? True, true say. Because survival, Definitely. you know, survival, PTSD, all this trauma is heavy on our bodies, you know, and mm. especially, you know, with one with having to deal with all of these like uh, emotions and especially depression, like I've battled this my whole life, but yeah, the pandemic has just definitely, like I said, changing our mindset to make us realize how blessed we are, you know, for definitely. those of us who um, have been able to survive, you know, and still retain so much and evolve because of it, in spite of. One way I know that you can show your evolution and how much you and your culture survive is I know you have a poem to share with us today. Your mother is in a different language. It didn't matter when she took her oath of burden, placenta and breast milk, her promise of patience and insomnia that she clung to for 7,000 nights of drifting in and out of speechlessness. No one saw the nurse sever the umbilical cord, your first and last line of unbroken communication tossed into a medical waste bin, the doctor muttering fate instructions in English for the nurse to rock you asleep with lullabies your mother couldn't understand. 
No one thought it odd that mother and son should bring a translator to parents' evening to bridge between their broken tongues, the swelling cacophony of and what's she on about? Making it easier to just kiss her forehead in silence. How did you get here? 15 years of false starts sat together in a courtroom, an unbridgeable gulf, your mother shaking, shaping words like a prayer, except that hoyo, hoyo, mahad samaisi isn't a prayer. It's a question you can't answer in a language she understands. My heart, your mother's heart, our mother's mm. heart, and especially how you as a male writer, you know, talking about that silence, talking about that struggle, you know, because a lot of women, especially our mothers, who have come into these countries trying to, like you said, evolve, right, with these different new cultures um, and what's lost and what's different and how you survive. And oh, it's so much, um, and especially being able to put your language and your meanings and what are they, um, what are they trying to say? What are you doing in that? that that's powerful in your mm -hmm. work. I'm so grateful for you sharing that. Thank you. I'm so grateful for the for the opportunity, you know. And yeah, it's it's, it's I'll, I'll never forget like there were I think I was about 19. So my mom wears a headscarf, right? A lot. And it was the first time in years that I saw under my mom's headscarf. And she'd gone grey. And like and I knew that a big part of that was the stress and anxiety that I'd caused her. You know what I mean? Um, just being a just being like a, a teenage kid, like well, no, not not just a teenage kid, a pretty naughty teenage kid, right? <laughs> a very challenging teenage kid, right? And uh, and and it was it was heartbreaking, you know, just seeing that, like, you know. This, 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 this amazing woman who would sacrifice her life like that. She sacrificed everything else, you know? What, life's nothing. Like she sacrificed everything. And, uh, you know, just to see, you know, what I'd put her through um, was, was, it was powerful. You know, it was really powerful, yeah. Oh, well, ways to thank our mother is definitely through our poetry, through how we mm. continue to raise our children, you know, in the words and our prayers of protection, because just how she prayed for you, we have to learn how to pray for them now, you know, yeah. and you, um, that covering that keeps us, you know, um, mm. so many blessings to you, your mother, your family, um, as you all thank you. just keep being amazing. I want to know. Samad Todd, how are you on your way? I think I felt like a midlife crisis since I was about 16. And, <laughs> and another way of putting it is I've always felt like I'm at a crossroads, you know, between, you know, just, 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 just evolving dilemmas, and I'm all, you know, constantly, it's another crossroad to a crossroad to a crossroad. But I, this is the first time in a long time where I feel like I'm on my way, actually. You know, 
like um you know that that I don't need to worry about the decisions and the dilemmas and the choices because they will make themselves you know um and uh I can't remember who said it but and I'll have to paraphrase it something about fate being uh along the path you took to avoid it in the first place you know um and and, and it's just relinquishing some of that control and some of that illusion of control and just focusing on the moment rather than worrying too much about what will come and letting that shape your decisions no just do what do what feels right when you need to do what you need to do at that moment and just keep it moving you know and uh, yeah uh, it's the first time in ages i don't feel like there's a there's a, a grand dilemma or a grand choice whatever's going to come will come and it'll just work its way out you know just go with a good spirit and everything else is just scenery yes amen that is definitely how we have to live we have to go forward unafraid we have to realize that we are always on our way no matter where we're going all things work out for us at the end we just have to just keep yeah. just keep going keep being consistent thank you so much mm. thank you so much thank for you time with me and sharing a little bit about your story i look forward to reading your pamphlet when it gets here i'm so excited thank you thank you thank you um, so much <laughs> Yeah, it's just, it's, it's amazing. This intercontinental dialogue is brilliant. Thank you so much for welcoming me here. Tell the people where can they connect with you at? Where can they buy your book? Cool, yeah. So the, the book can be found on the Flip Tie website uh, and it can be found on Amazon, I believe now. Um, and they can connect with me on, in, on Twitter, uh, Samata. Elmi six all in one, uh, and, and I think on Instagram as well. It's Zamata Elmi with a Z. All our wonderful listeners who continue to find your way, you know, observe the little things, pay attention to your cultures and tradition, and just know that you too can make a change in your community. This is Issa Cosette. Until next time, be blessed. Stay blessed. <laughs>